Sup, guys? How are y'all doing? I feel weird because I just said sup, and then I said, how y'all doing? That was weird. So I feel like it's been forever, right? I mean, this week's a whole different week. I'm glad you all guys uh, survived Snowvid, Snownado, Snowmageddon, Snowicane, Snowpocalypse, Snowthquake, uh, I don't know, the, the snow, but it's great to see you guys here. Yeah, so how many of you were here the first Kyle for the semester? I know it was like years ago. Cool, yeah, cool, good for you. You, you don't get anything, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah! But, um, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad you guys are here. If you were here, you remember Scroggins. Um, I'm going to get out of the YouTube camera right now. But if you're here, you remember Scroggins had this super cool big coffee mug, right? And he was, like, showing it off. And I was like, dude, that's so cool, dude. Like, a giant coffee mug. He was like, yeah, it's like a third of a coffee pot. I was like, dude, you've got to be kidding me. Some of you cringed when I didn't use the handle, right? Like, you guys are like, what is he doing? He's not using the handle? <sighs> last time, I, okay, the last time I preached, I had coffee, and I did not drink it at all. So this was really, that was, that was, that was cool. I experienced it. I did it. I did something up here. So if you get anything tonight, get that, okay? Now, that has nothing to do at all with what we're going to talk about. That coffee is really good, Beth. Thank you so much. It tastes like cinnamon. I love it. <laughs> uh, I love cinnamon. I'm going to cry. So anyways, coffee mug's cool. I, f I had to do that. Um, I didn't order on Amazon. I got it for like two bucks at HEB. You're welcome. And I didn't buy it because of that. I already owned this. This was my popcorn bowl and my cereal bowl. It, it rarely held any actual liquids. It was just, it's mostly just cereal and popcorn, mostly popcorn. There's probably butter at the bottom of that. So yeah, this has been fun, right? I don't, I, I didn't lose any, like, power or anything. I lost Wi-Fi, and I mean, that was about it. But, um, and, and we lost water for a while, but I feel like everyone did that, so that's okay. Um, but I'm glad I have coffee. I drink a lot of G Fuel. Yeah. So, over this course of time, during our, uh, our collective time of hibernation. I, I use that time to um, to do absolutely nothing. First off, right? How many? Dude, I I'm, oh, my brother did absolutely nothing, but he did it. So my my family lives in Dallas, and so the power went out. My parents were on a vacation trip for Valentine's Day at, at the Bahamas or something. I don't remember where they were, but they were gone. And so my brother had the house to himself and lost electricity. And he said the power only came on at 3 a.m. to like 8 a.m. So he would wake up at 3 a.m. And he made breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the day at 3 a.m. And then he played some video games, charged his phone, and then went back to sleep after 8 a.m. And just, because there's like nothing else. To, yeah, if everything's on when everyone else is asleep. I don't know why the power works like that. But that was, it was a lot of fun. And I had time to appreciate the snow. I was like, wow, how could something beautiful be so dangerous because everyone's slipping and sliding and, and car accidents left and right and just like a lot of fun stuff too, like sledding and people driving down streets in their Jeeps and Subarus or whatever vehicles people have and just like pulling people and doing a lot of fun stuff. But 
I got to spend time with my wife and the Scroggins family. It was fun. And Abby as well. Yeah, we had like 11 people in our little house at one point and like dogs, two, two dogs. It was fun. Um, but I remember when the snow started to melt, like I, I was talking to Beth and we were mid-conversation. We were in the kitchen and the snow's melting. You know, it's whatever, Friday when it started melting. Um, it's so funny that I, like, we, none of us can really remember or recall time at all. Like it was like we all got... Um, yeah, we all lost our memory or something because I'm so confused on what day the snow started melting. But I remember talking to her mid-sentence, and then Beth is like, she's just sitting there on her phone and like looking out the window of our back door and then on her phone again. I was like, what is she doing? I was like, I'm talking to her. So I like went up to her and I looked at her phone. And she's like writing some like cute girly post. It was, it was cute. It was like the snow melts, like everything in life, things come and then things go. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. It was something I do I... Not that I didn't read it, I just don't remember reading it. And I was just like, man, that's so true. You know, like, time does, and then I start thinking, I'm like, you know, crying. I'm like, man, time does, like, go by quick. Like, those, like, few days just went by so quick. That was, like, crazy. And um, during all of this, I mean, the only things I really did, because I had the episodes downloaded, um, because I'm weird like that. I download episodes because, I don't know. <laughs> but I downloaded episodes of WandaVision, and I was watching that, right? Uh, ha- anyone watch WandaVision? It's cool. Wow, way less hands than I expected. This is gonna ruin- I'm just going to go home now. There's nothing really to say. Um, but I'm watching WandaVision, and watching this, I'm like, dude, this is pretty cool. Like, if you haven't watched it because you didn't raise your hand, watch it. It's kind of cool. Um, unless you just hate everything about the MCU and you hate everything great in life. But I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And I grew up with superheroes and comics and not just the MCU, but just like DC stuff in general, like Batman and just cool stuff, like things that I thought was cool. And so um, I like WandaVision, not for the superhero aspect of it, as much as I thought I would. I don't really know that much about the two main superheroes, uh, Scarlet Witch or The Vision, as much as I do about anyone else, um, but it was the concept, and, like, what intrigues me is the idea of, like, what's going on, and you have to, like, try to figure and guess everything, every episode, and I'm, like, this is driving me nuts, like, it's a challenge to me, because, like, I typically like to, like, watch videos, or, like, I, me and then other guys that watch comics on YouTube are, like, oh, this is what's happening, if you read this comic, this is, this is this character, and this is how this turns out, and in the comics, it does this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but with WandaVision, it's, like, so much more difficult, I'm, like, just, like, I can't wait for Friday, next week, next week, Friday, Friday, because they come out every Friday, and, um, and I'm, like, man, I'm, like, really, like, weird, I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, I wonder if comic book stuff, or, like, superheroes, or, like, if that's my thing, like, and then I started thinking, because I, I do that sometimes, because I, I try to think about things that are useful, but they're always just really useless, and so I'm thinking, like, man, I have friends that have a thing, like, you know, like, I was like, I have a friend that, like, loves NASA, ooh, space, and I wear a NASA shirt, went on, oh, Mars, the drone's gonna go, and I'm like, that's cool, like, he's so excited about that, that's his thing, it's so cool, and that friend's like, board games, board games are their thing, baseball cards, These are just random things. These aren't anyone I know, by the way. Baseball cards, like, ooh, that's, like, it's so cool, like, and it's, one of my favorite things is to, like, sit there and watch them enjoy it, or, like, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, like, just, like, things that are just, like, nerdy, and I'm, like, that's their thing, like, 
And then I'm, like, thinking, does everyone have a thing? Like, everyone has, like, a cool little quirky thing. And most of the things I mentioned were guy things because most of the people I spend time with are guys. Um, and then I tried to, like, sit there and think about, like, what, are, what do girls things? I was like, I don't think I know anyone that, like, thoroughly, really, like, legit loves watching makeup tutorials. I was like, I, that can't be what I think of with girls. I was like, what do girls like? I don't know what y'all like. I don't know. What? Starbucks, almost a, yeah, Starbucks is a good one, but you know, like we all have things that we thoroughly enjoy, right? And and then I like thought a little bit more about WandaVision, and I was like, man, I think I figured it out. I think I like WandaVision because I like the concept of like playing with time. I was like, it's so cool. Like, and it doesn't have to be time travel. Like, I just I love my like part of my thing is like the concept of time, like. Even, you know, even Star Wars and Jurassic Park. And, you know, like, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's not like space and time travel. But Jurassic Park is like stuff that happened, like, you know, this is like, oh, this takes place here. This is dealing with the past and bringing the past to the future or to the present. And this is like mind-blowing. Or Star Wars, like, in a galaxy, like, long, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I'm like, it's the past and it's the future. Like, what? It's crazy. And I think I just really, I enjoy Interstellar. Not a lot of people like that movie. But I don't enjoy it because of the actual scientific stuff that I know nothing about. I enjoy it because, like, it plays with time. And I, I, I enjoy a lot of movies because of that. Like, Tenet, I, I barely, I, I can barely understand it. I've seen it, like, six times. And it deals with inverted time. And I'm, like, trying to figure it out the whole time. Um, also, I'm going to say time a lot by the way. So if you're like clicking your pen or counting or writing tallies, good luck. Try to keep up. So I've, yeah, I just realized like, I wonder if that's like my thing. And then I think about how like a lot of people compare me to my grandpa who's like really, really old and he just sits in a chair most of the time. And he's not, he's not like, he's just, he, he likes to just spend time in time. And I'm like, I think I like that. I enjoy that. Like it's something I really like to just sit and do absolutely nothing. But when I started thinking about, like, time, you know, like, because I'm super, like, existential and stuff, and I'm so smart, I'm not. Like, me thinking about time was me getting a headache after, like, three YouTube videos, and I'm just like, I don't get anything at all. But, um, like, watching videos and listening to things and reading things and there's some there's things that intrigue me about it and I, I just wanted to know what it is and um and videos have a lot of like theories you know like a lot of um just different theories they jump around a lot observations um they really analyze in a scientific way um but it, it they try to analyze time but it doesn't feel like that's something it doesn't feel normal like an everyday human doesn't initially think of, when they think about time in their life, they don't try to figure out how to plan their, their week based off of, like, scientific proof on how time operates, right? Like, it's just, it's not normal. Um, and it seems a little absurd, right, to, like, no one does that. We think of tomorrow as tomorrow, and, you know, we could be talking about the future, but we're not thinking about how, like, you know, you, you get it. And, and we'll, we'll, we're going to dive into this little thing I made. Um, Ryan, if you could chunk that up there. Cool. So I made this, but the cool parts about it, I didn't make. Emily did the gray thing and the little, like, 
those tallies or scars or something or stitches. She did that part. I, I'm sorry. And then I did the, I used a really fancy, incredible, unique font um, to write future, present, past. Like I didn't do anything crazy. But um, watching videos, I did realize like, okay, there are people that believe and no one knows any answers to time. Like, you know, like how does time operate? How do we measure time? What units do we use? Why do we measure time? Well, the, the concept of studying time or like trying to figure time out or coming up with ideas have been around for like just centuries, forever. And I found some early stuff like 354 AD where like, I mean, this is around the time, this is when St. Augustine was born, but, and he deals and addresses this stuff a little later in his life, but these concepts of people analyzing these things are, are old. Like, this is like, we're not just smarter than people in the past. Like, these people were thinking like we, like we do. And what they believed in and what, we, what people still believe in is that we live in a, they, they say it as a quick temporal existence, right? Like, and it, it sounds fancy, and it's really not at all. It's just like a quick like, like, quickly going through time, and you're only, like, really here, tempor- like, for small moments, like, really small moments. So, they say, quick temporal existence. It sounds all fancy. Well, they, they get this concept because your life is like an hourglass. You have the, the top compartment, the chamber that we call the future. You have this, this narrow midsection that we call the present. And then you have the bottom, which is your past, and it's a simple way of thinking, right? It's not complicated, and, and it makes sense. But time is, um, time is what is, what was, and what is to come, right? So, like, okay, like, that, that basically is another fancy way of saying the, the past, the present, and the future, right? Like, time is what, it, what is, and what was, and what is to come. So, um, time is given by the measure of motion, Okay, so like, we, that's another common sense thing. Like, okay, the sun, the moon, and the sky. Like, there's, there's mo- motion that helps us measure time. Um, the relativity of motion passing, how many times we go around the sun. You know, like, that's where we get the year and, and the day and the hour. Like, we're using these forms of measurements. But what St. Augustine grew to not really like that much is, like, well, what are we measuring? Like, if these are forms of measurement, and we're measuring time by, oh, rotation and motion, and, and we're, like, counting the days and counting the years. But he, he's like, why? Like, what are we measuring for? And, and he does grant that, yes, time is measured by motion. And what's, what the question he stuck on was, what are we measuring? Another unit that you can use to measure time is the motion of people around you. You know, this is where we get decades and generations and centuries and people and family and um, different things like that. But he always had the problem with the three measurements of time, present, and future. And when I, when I was reading this, I, I read it a few times. And I was like so confused. I was like, I've never thought of anything like this. So St. Augustine hates or strongly dislikes the three measurements of time, the words past, present, and future, because they can always be subdivided, because you never are fully in the present, and you're never, like, okay, for a year, 
He's, his argument is, in a year, you're never really in the year. You're, you're in a month. And in that month, you're never really in that month. You can't be in all 28, 30, 31 days of that month. And in that week, in that day, you're never really in that day. You're not in every 24 hours, so that can't be the present. He's like, you're not in every hour. You're not in every 60 minutes in that within, within that one hour. He's like, you're not even in within this minute. If we look in the t- seconds, you're not in every second. And so it's this like really like <laughs> interesting way to look at like where, like what is the present. And so he's saying you're not really in any of this stuff. Um, if, you, if you narrow it down all the way to like the smallest piece of, like the, the smallest piece of sand, the grain of sand, he's like, it swiftly flies through the, um, the middle portion of the hourglass one grain at a time, and you're not in every grain. He also believes that uh, the past is nothing more than the present recalled. And once it has expired, the future is nothing more but the present to be anticipated. So the past is a recollection, and the future is an anticipation. That's what he's saying. And, And you're hardly living in the present. Like, that's crazy to think about, right? You're hardly living in these, like, you're living, like, just the smallest pieces of second by second. And everything that happened at one minute ago is a recollection of things that existed previously within your memory. You're recalling things. And the things that are going to happen in the next two minutes, it's an anticipation of what is to come. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really, really interesting, right? Like, the way to think about it, like... We freak out about time, right? Like, we're running out of time. We don't have enough time. Uh, we, we stress about our work schedule. We stress about what's next week. What's, what's you know, what's next semester going to look like? What's COVID going to, when is that going to end? Like, we're, it's anticipation, and, and we're putting on these, th- these forms of stress and anxiety. And he's saying, like, he's saying the same stuff that we're going to read in the book of James here in a second. But he's basically saying, like, you're barely living in the present. You're barely living in the present, and your, your concerns and your fears are all about anticipations that don't wind up happening, and then your past are you recalling specific moments, and it's just really interesting to me. So we're going to go ahead and dive into the book of James. We're reading the book of James um, at SAF, and I'm just reading it as well. Um, along with the services, but we're going to hop to chapter four, and we're going to kind of see what James gives us. He, he kind of gives us like this, like some, some help with discipleship, some help on what we should be, like, you know, what we should really be doing. And James 4.14 is what we're going to read. He says, now listen, you say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist, and other translations say vapor. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And 
reading that, and I didn't even, when I, when I was thinking about preaching about time and thinking about everything I wanted to say, I didn't remember the whole, um, I didn't remember 13 to 17. I was just thinking of, we all think about 14, right? Like, your life is, you know, a vapor, it's a mist, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, life is short. And that's what I thought about. And then I went and read this and I was just blown away. There's so much in scripture here. And it's really cool. Um, so reading this portion of scripture and really thinking about it, um, I'll, I'll begin, I began to realize that life is, is a vapor, right? Like, you know, we're, we're barely living in the present, these little specks of sand, <laughs> And, and we could barely even remember, you know, Snowmageddon. And we're just like, we're barely living in this. And then it goes by so quick. And, and the value of time, before we jump into it, it needs to first be reflected, right? Like, with the values of life. Like, if we're going to value, if we're going to look at the value of time, we need to look at the value of life. And that's kind of what James is helping us, you know, get into the process of thinking, so, and, and I think that helps us and with everything else, and it helps make everything else make sense, too. Because time's confusing. No one knows the answer to why we measure time, why we have time as a form of measurement. Life is confusing. No one knows what our life, you know, is. He even asks, like, you know, what, what is your life? And there's a lot of things we don't know here, right? Like, it, this is a confusing concept. This is really heavy, hard to evaluate, and um, one of my favorite authors, writers, and thinkers um, is Leonard Ravenhill, and he evaluates this portion of Scripture like this. He says, this area of Scripture is a question. It's a question you can't answer collectively. You have to answer individually. You'll never face anything more challenging than this text. What is your life? And if you listen and read carefully, it's not just asking, what is life? Of course, if it did, no one would have an answer. What is life? It's such a hard question. No one would have an answer. It isn't even asking, what is our life? Because if it did, we could all combine our beliefs and collective, collectively come up with an answer together, right? But it says, what is your life? James describes it as a vapor that appears for just a little bit of time. And you hear people say, uh, life isn't just, life isn't fair. One man says, life is a feast, and, and one man says, life is a fast. One man says, life is a paradise, and another man says, life is a prison. You see, the question here is very pointed, and maybe it's very personal. And if it's very personal, maybe it's very painful. Maybe you can answer this. My, my life is a failure. It's a success. It's a disappointment. But what it is showing to us is that life is like the steam coming off a kettle, and you try to get a handful of it, and then it's gone. It's like something very swift, like a, a tent that men wrap up and move on into the night. Isaiah likens our life to the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. But the whole thing is about life. Yes, but supremely about eternal life. And it's a whole different concept, guys. This is what James and Ravenhill are both trying to share with us, is that time doesn't really matter the way we think about it. Time doesn't really matter. Eternity matters. That's what Ravenhill's proclaiming right here. He's saying time doesn't matter. Time is short. Time's 
it's going to go away, but eternity matters. So there's a difference here somewhere, right? No wonder why it feels natural and unnatural for us to try to understand the concept of time and life, right? There's a lot to unpack. And I was doing some thinking, I realized two big separations. I realized time is kind of just a personal, self-centered, tiny concept all about you. Like, it's a, you live in a world that revolves around you. Things are, you're the center of things. And that's what I, uh, that's what it seems like when people, and I'm basing this based off of how everyone uses the word time in our everyday. Like, it, 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 most of the time, it's revolving around what's happening in your life and around you. Um, it's, but since it's all about you, it has to be fragile and, and irrelevant because it's, it's about you. It has to do with you. It's a vapor. But eternity, it's kind of the opposite of that. It's all about others, not, not about you at all. Like, we see this on both on earth and in heaven. Like, on earth, it's all about soul winning and discipleship, right? It's about sharing the gospel. And, and in heaven, it's the fact that you're laying your crown down at the feet of Jesus. Like, just everything, you're, you know, you're, you're just in reverence of the Lord. And there's, there's something, there's a difference between time and eternity. And this is, all of this is just what I'm getting from it. Like, I, my prayer is that you guys would go and read this stuff and go and read this portion of scripture and pray about this stuff and really, like, think about the differences between the life you're living, the, li- the time you're living in, and the time you have and what you do with that time and how it reflects or it looks completely different than eternity. Verse 13, now listen, you say today or tomorrow we will go to do this or, or we'll go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business and, and, and make money, make profit. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Like, like why plan and stress? Like, Verse 13 is, you know, you're, you're going, you're thinking about, oh, what, what city am I going to go to next? Where am I going to move? What am I going to do? Uh, how's my business going to run? Where am I going to work? How am I going to make money? And he's like, why? Like, why worry about those days? He's, he's like, why plan and stress? What is your life? And it's kind of like, why worry about tomorrow? You're like, what are you doing today? What are you doing with the day you have? the life you have right now, because you're talking about an anticipated version of yourself, like a, you know, like it's just, it's a form that doesn't really exist, and he's saying what is your life, because today matters, like what you're doing with what you have matters, and you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes, like he's saying like you just, you, you don't know what's tomorrow, you don't even know if you're going to make it to next week. You don't know. You, you're not promised. We're not promised t- tomorrow at all. But we spend so much time stressing and, and anticipating and planning and or putting off. Like there's an opposite side. We, it could be positive and negative. You know, like it could be things that doesn't advance our life or it does advance our life. So, and I think this is us. This describes a normal secular life, right? Like just us like thinking about, oh, where am I going to live? What city am I going to? You know, where am I going to work? I don't know why that person talks like that. But, oh, so I understand it's easy to be consumed by life, right? Like, 
It's easy to be consumed by the day-to-day, by your work schedule. It's like, it's so funny how we get put in this like little mindset, like where we don't even think about like the, the week as a whole or the month as a whole. Like we just, we're like barely making it day by day, right? And sometimes it's second by second. Like sometimes we're just like in freak out survival mode, just trying to, you know, like last week, like everyone's like, oh, what's the next hour going to be like? What's the next 30 minutes going to be like? Is my power going to turn on? Is my water going to turn on? And we're just, it's, we're not thinking about, oh, what am I doing next weekend? You know, we're like, how are we going to live till tomorrow? Does that make sense? And so living, living in a way that he's talking about in verse 13, you know, planning and you know, figuring out where you're going to work and how you're going to make all this money for yourself or, or where you want to be in the next five years, like every interview question for any interview you have at a job, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, yes, go and plan for yourself, but ultimately, what's it for, right? Like, is it, is it I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what you're planning for. It's bad, but instead of Asking if what you're planning for is bad or good, I think the easier question is, is is it God's will or is it your will? Right? Like, I feel like that's easier to answer than me trying to find a way to tell you that what you're living for is bad. Is it God's will or is it your will? Is it what he desires for your life and for what you to live for, or is it tied to what you want? Right? Like, that, that kind of helps you answer that. I mean, is it, is, it, is it selfish, right? Like, like, we know through Scripture that our heart is deceitful. We, we know that it's misleading, right? Like, the Bible says that our ways are no greater than his. Like, what, what that means is, like, yeah, sure, you can do, you, you can go out and make some money. You can go out and buy a nice car, you know? Get, get a nice house, start a nice family, live in a nice city, live in a nice neighborhood. Like, you can do these things. And, and for you, it could, be, it could be good. It could be what you call good, right? And yeah, yeah. But our ways are no greater than, than his. And so what, that, what I think about is if that's what I can do, if this is the best I can do with my life, if this is the best I could come up with, and I'm, my little, you know, I'm a little speck on the earth on a giant scale of the universe, and I'm barely even there. If this is the best I can do with my life, then what could he do? What couldn't he do? What could he do better? How, 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 how much fulfilling and satisfying and, and purposeful would my life be? Right? Like, so I'm not saying that if, oh, if you don't do this, and then this is how you're living, and, and, you know, shame on you, and then that's bad, and this is good. What I'm saying is if it's, if it's what you consider good, the concept of thinking that God can do better with, with less <laughs> is even greater, right? Like, it's more enticing to me. So, um, real quick, I'm out of the YouTube camera again. Sorry, three viewers. My mouth's getting dry. You guys remember this stuff? <laughs> Water, that's so bad. I literally only do that because I knew some of you guys would get, like, really sleepy or not really care what I'm saying. So I was like, I'll just bring out a giant five-gallon jug of water. I didn't know I was going to pour it on myself. 
Um, that's how I showered every day last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if this mic can handle water. So, okay, I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so what can God do better with our life, right? Like, so if your life is about you, what we're gathering so far is that it's, it's, it's meaningless. Like, and not meaningless in, like, our own personal, like, don't offend me kind of way of meaningless, but meaningless, like, if it's all about you, then it's not about others, right? So meaningless, it, it has nothing more, and it is nothing more than a vapor or a mist. And I, I don't mean to offend you or, or to be so hard, but if you only do everything you do for you and yourself, then, then, then how else can we identify um, your time here on earth, right? Like, like, if I lived my life solely and only for me, it's obviously not about others, right? Like, if it's for my own personal gain, how would you identify my life, right? Like, and I think about this in the concept of, like, if you only have time for yourself, you know, like, some of us are just, like, are just too busy. We, over, we overload ourselves. We jam-pack our schedule. If you barely have time for yourself or if you don't have time at all, um, or if you have more time than what you, than what you need, then, then how do you make time for others, right? Like, if, if, you're, if you're juggling all your little, like, cards of time, and it's, you know, you're barely able to maintain your own life, then how, you know, how, how effective are we in other people's lives? Like, you probably barely make family events, right? Like, if you're just so jam-packed, it's probably hard to make family events, Maybe if you, you, maybe you care, but maybe you forget, right? Like, maybe you plan to be there, but then you forgot because your schedule is so packed. Maybe you're the person who, who shows up to make an appearance, but then leaves first because you don't really like anyone there, right? Like, like these are like areas where, um, that I'm thinking of like, like, how are we using time incorrectly with other people, right? Like, like you leave first because you don't like people there. Or maybe you're bound and you're a slave to your workload and your schedule, right? Like, you're just, you're, you're always working. You're like, can't make it, I'm working. Can't make it, I'm working. And you, you overwork and you miss out on things, and, and it's worth it to you, right? Like, in your moment. Like, it's worth it to you, but the part that sucks at the end of it is it's worth it to you, but you're missing out on the relationships that you, that you have around you, you know? Like, if, it, if it's for your gain. If you're working because you just want more money, you're missing out on relationships with your family. You're missing out on relationships with the friends you have around you, right? With your significant other, who, who, whatever it is, even with God. You're missing out on time with God because you work open to close or you want to work a double or you, you can barely give God an hour, but you can give everything else in this world your whole day, you know? And... Or, you know, maybe it's not the jam-packed person. Maybe it's the lazy person, right? Like, go pick on someone else. Maybe it's the lazy person. Like, you don't do things based on if you feel like it or not, right? Like, that is your measurement for what matters in this life. You're like, oh, I value this. I, val- I, I just, I don't, I don't want to go. It doesn't benefit me. Because there's some people that think like this. I, it's not my realm of thinking, so it's a little harder for me to understand, but like, you base things on if you like it or not, right? And then that determines on if you feel like it or not. Um, it's still a form of selfishness. It's not any different than the person chasing money, 
Like you're still chasing something. <laughs> you're still serving yourself. And, but it, maybe you're not lazy. Maybe you're not bombarded. But maybe you're kind of, I feel like this is the realm of more normality. It's like you're, maybe you're just stuck. Like you're stagnant. Like you're just like, you're just here. You know, like you can barely, like you're not just being lazy putting off stuff next week. But you're just like, you're going through it, right? Or you're just scared to make the next step. And this is real. This is real anxiety. This is real stress, right? Like, trust me, I, I completely understand. And, I, but my prayer tonight is that this talk about life and, and time and, and here on earth, and I just, I hope it's a sense, I hope it creates a sense of urgency in you for eternity and, and for God, because just like his word says, he's strong when you're weak. So like when we're sitting there in our anxiety and we're sitting there and are scared to make those steps, right? Like he's just been waiting for you to let go of these things, right? Like this is what I experienced in my life at least. I don't know about you. But when I was like the most stressed out I've ever been in my whole entire life and I had so much anxiety, I was holding on to like every ounce of my life. Like I could not let go of my grasp on my life. And, like, I'm, you know, broken down. Like, I'm just, like, I, I have nothing. I don't have anything left. <laughs> and it's in that moment where I'm just, like, I, I, like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, I failed here. I failed there. And he's just, like, you know, waiting for you to just open your hand, right? And just, like, like he's just, like, waiting for you to make that decision and that step. And, and to, it's okay to, like, just take your hands off the wheel of life. It's actually, it's, it's a little easier when it comes as, as far as, like, you know, um, carrying your own load and doing everything on your own. But God does his best when we're at our worst, right? Like, we know that. But when we're in those moments, we don't really know that. So hopefully this provides some reassurance in some areas. And um, maybe you're like, okay, Andrew, this is really boring. Um, some of you are probably just asleep. But when do we get to the good part? Like, when do we get to eternity? Right? Like, that's a good question. In order to transition from a dead life of time to a living life of eternity, you must transform from a life that is selfish to a life that is selfless. Like, that's the only way I can describe to you. Like, oh, how do I get eternity then? You're telling me time sucks, life sucks. <laughs> like, like, I just, I don't know how to get there. But like, you're li like living in a life where you're just like, this is, this just sucks. To a life that's like, actual living, and then there's life there, and, and there's eternity there, right? Like, that's, it doesn't come with just, like, head knowledge, and it doesn't come with just, it's, it's a transformation, right? Like, it's us making a decision in our life of, like, giving things up, or laying things down, or saying, you know, saying no to things, or taking our hands off the wheel, and, like, letting, you know, God have the thing that we're holding on to, and James 4.15 says, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Right? Like, die to yourself. Die to your own will and live in the Lord's will. Like, this is the only, this is the only thing to eternity. Like, we're all worried about, you know, things that happen around us. But he's just like, give up your throne. Like, step off of it. You're sitting on your own throne. And then you're asking God to do all these things in your life. Get off the throne and let him sit there, right? And then we lay everything down. We surrender it. We repent 
of our selfish ways of control and desire for our life. And we just say, Lord, I I want you to breathe your life into my my dead, empty, self-seeking body. Right? Like, because I just, I can't, I don't want to live a meaningless life. You know, like, I don't want my life to just come and go and be all about me. And basically, uh, the way I could think about it and the, the, visual, the visual I have in my head is the breath of God, right? Like if, if we're looking at vapor and mist, like just like this, it's, it falls out of your hand. I'm, it made me think about the breath of God. Like in, um, is, the breath of God is what was once useless vapor, something just in the air, is now the thing that brings forth life. The vapor is meaningless to, to us, right? It's meaningless. But for God, that's all God needs to start with. He started with less before. If you're starting with a vapor, your life is a vapor. God started with less before. Right? And what is meaningless to us is not useless to God. You're not, your life is not useless. Your life is, is not as meaningless as, you know, just a vapor because... Once we accept God as our Lord and Savior, once we start walking with, with God, it, it changes our life, right? And this is the same concept of pride and humility, right? Like pride is not giving up your grasp on your life. Humility is, is um, the opposite of that. Like you, you die to yourself. You give up everything that you're holding on to. And maybe what that means is like you're trying to fix it. Right, like you're trying to fix things, you're trying to get your life together, right? Like, the, I mean, there's a lot of self-help books out there, right? Like, just how to take control, how to how to get back on track, how to do this, how to do that, how to live your best life, live a better life. Like, there's things that like appeal to us because we're trying to repair things that are broken ourselves, right? And and we're trying to make things work. We're trying to make everything work in our life, and then you just wind up realizing that you can't. And, and you won't. You, you simply lack the hand of being a creator and author of the universe. Like, that's what you, you lack when you're trying to bring something that's dead to life, right? And, and it's something only God can do. And, and like I said before, he's made more with less, right? And he creates abundance. It's not just like enough to just get you going, right? Like or enough to just make you wake up out of bed feeling a little bit better, than the day before, but it's, it's more fulfilling than that, right? So the humility in this and, and with eternity is surrender and repent. What are we surrendering and repenting? This, this style of living, of like being our own little gods on our throne of our hearts, con- trying to control and, and fix and work things to the way we want it for our desire and our will. Repentance is dying to ourselves, dying to time. The life that revolves around you. And when we die to ourselves tonight and and again and again, day by day, you don't just do this once, but this is a day by day thing. When When I die to myself, that's where eternity begins. That's where eternity's, the journey and the walk of eternity continues. When we pray with God and we seek the desires of his heart, this is how we understand what eternity even is. We, we 
we realize what his heart aches for and what his heart breaks for, right? This is not tonight, this is not, hey, here's how to make managing your time easier. And, and, and it's not how to make it better. Like, no, like, we're not trying to make what you have better. We're not. We're, but give up what you have and what you call better. Who you are and, and, and who we are to know, who are we to know what is good for our lives? Right? Like, we've tried it for how many years you've been alive. And people have tried it before us. And people will try after. Like, who are we to know what is good for our lives? If we look at the end of James, he says, arrogance schemes and boastful evil. And we can never, we, we, we read this verse and we only get verse 14 out of it. But he's literally saying, like, these things you're, you're not getting rid of, these plans you're having for yourself, your will, you trying to do this and plan day by day, your future, your car, your money. He's like, it's, it's, it's boastful evil, arrogant schemes. Step into what God offers, a life of everlasting, fulfilling, satisfying, and great life, a life formed from death and sacrifice, a life of abundance, because I promise you that this is better than anything you can build yourself. I dare, I dare to say, I, I believe that what he offers is better than anything you can build yourself. The most common topic that people on their deathbeds talk about the most, and this, we're getting close to the end, so I'm sorry, <laughs> it took so long, but the most common topic that people on their deathbeds talked about the most, it's, it's almost like a cry of warning that they're doing, that they're giving. The, the one common theme is the regret of wasted time. On their deathbeds, their, their tears are streaming down their face, and they're looking at your young face and into your eyes, your young eyes, and they're begging for you to not live a life worth regretting. And they're trying to express it to you in any way they can. They just don't want you to regret your life. And this is the most common thing. This is a, secu- this is a worldly thing. It's not just, you know, a Christian thing. Like, this, these are just people that try to express to you how life moves so fast. How things are a waste of time. How you need to, what do they say the most? Cherish these moments, right? And it's so heartbreaking. I, I can't imagine the weight of what they feel during those last minutes trying to express that to you. Like, just like, like listen, please. You have no clue. You do not understand Life will be here and gone. And look, if, if, you dare to, if you dare say to me that this stuff that you live for is worth the money and worth the solitude and worth getting what you want, you could end up with a life of regret. It's a possibility, right? Like, but when you have this joy, the joy of the Lord, you don't need inter- you don't need entertainment. You don't need social media. 
Like you just, you don't have to desire and hunger for this thing because you have the joy of the Lord. It's when we don't have the joy of the Lord is when we feel the need to be satisfied elsewhere. But you don't need things to occupy your time, right? And you definitely don't when your heart is desiring eternity. And if you're a Christian here, you're maybe like, oh, I've done this all before. Like, this is probably for someone else, but I've done this all before or something like that. But, but maybe every week you find yourself back down at your altar, right? Like, back down at the altar. Like, some of you get all the way to the cross but never get on it yourself. Something Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill says. He says, sometimes, like, these are for, you know, we're going through the same thing over and over you get to the cross, but you never get on it. A.W. Tozer said, there's one thing you know about a person walking out of the city with a cross. You know that they weren't coming back. And maybe tonight's your night. Maybe tonight you, you won't walk away tearfully, but cheerfully. And we'll go ahead and um, the band can come back up. Everyone here, if you can bow your heads, close your eyes. Some of you already... Yeah, just bow your head and close your eyes, and the band can come back up. Look, some of you are, are new here, right? Or, or maybe this is your first semester here. Maybe you're already saved, or maybe you're not. But I want to offer this to everyone. I want to offer the same opportunity to everyone, because it's more than just confessing tonight. I'm not asking you to confess. It's more than needing to be forgiven, you need cleansing, and, and you need more than cleansing. You need in, indwelling, and you need more than indwelling. You need undoing. I'm not asking for you to, to pray one prayer tonight to confess something. Look, if your life has no change, your lifestyle doesn't change, there's no difference. Your appetite doesn't change. There's no difference in your appetite or your hunger. There's no difference when you leave in your prayer life. There's no difference. Then, then, then that's what I'm asking you to reflect on. We go week and week, semester by semester. Some of us have been fighting the same fight for a while. And like I said before, you go to the cross, but you never get on the cross yourself. You come and get your sins forgiven, then you feel good, you feel something, and then you go out and do the same thing over again, right? The next day. But what kind of salvation is that? Is that the kind of salvation that we want? Is it offensive if I say that, like, look, you might be a genius. You might think you know everything. You have a colossal intellect, and if you fall out of bed, you could invent something, <laughs> right? Like, you're just so, or, or you're just so cool or beautiful, and you walk into the room, everyone looks up at you, but in the center of your heart, you know that you're just dead inside like everyone else. You know there's something because of the lack of a relationship with Christ, your Father, you see time, but you have no deep longing of eternity. These are the things I want you to think about tonight. What are you doing with what you have? Your, your life, your time. It could end tomorrow. It's like a vapor. It's here, it's here for a second, and then it's gone. We're going to spend, I want you guys, we're going to spend a couple of minutes just with no lyrics, no, no, I don't want, you know, I want you guys to sit there and pray and think and, and reflect. What do you have? What are you living for? 
Is it a life of your will or is it a life of God's will? Just, we're going to go ahead and go into that real quick, into this moment.